This is Josh Mills. And this is John Mills. Welcome back to another episode of Acquired Tastings. We are very happy to have you guys along with us for a very special episode. Dad, can you believe oh it? Oh my goodness. It has been 100 episodes. It's exactly right. 100th <laughs> episode. Here we go. It's so crazy to me that it's been 100 episodes. It does not feel like it's been 100 episodes. This Almost two years. Sunday year. before Memorial Day, so it'll come out on the Thursday right after Memorial Day. Yep. It'll be your summer treat. Yep, and for those of you who start have, you know, we're officially into summer now, and for those of you who are finished, your kids may be finished with school, or if you're teaching, you may be finished. It's the unofficial beginning to summer, and as you're going into it, we're, we're heading into our triple digits of episodes. Hopefully you won't have triple digit temperatures well, along, we might. <laughs> along with this. but And if you're taking that road trip, just pop us, you know, just turn us on, listen. Yeah. We, uh, but remember, remember, please don't drink and drive. That's don't right, don't exactly. taste along with us as you're driving, unless you're the passenger. So, so we're having celebration drinks, right? Yep, we are doing celebration drinks this week. And Dad, what are your what's your celebration drink, and what are your food? my celebration drink is a hurricane. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and my snacks are red beans and rice, jambalaya, and rum balls. Okay, go with that rum thing. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. And then I am doing the Jeffois Champagne Rosé Signet. One of my favorite champagnes out there on the market. And as celebration food, I have some braised short ribs. I have a porchetta. And then I have a myriad of macarons. All right. So, so it's a true champagne. Yes. I don't think I've ever had it. Yes, you have. We'll oh. talk about when you've had it, oh, okay. uh, when it when All it gets right. to my turn. So right. we're going to be starting with Dad. So right. we're going to start with the hurricane, and you're going to have to explain to us why this is your choice for your our 100th episode celebration drink. Okay. First, I'm going to tell you about why it's called a hurricane, and there's disputing evidence on the... Can you believe this? You go on the web and you find two stories. Oh. One says <laughs> one thing and one says something else. And, who, I, and if I'd keep looking, I'd find something else. Who would have thought you'd find contradicting information on the internet? So, one thing was, it was developed for the World's Fair. Which one? At, at a bar in 1939, the New York World's Fair in Queens. And the bar was called the Hurricane Bar. Oh, okay. So that's why they call it the hurricane. But then this other dispute says Pat O'Brien did it in 1939. And they called it the hurricane because New Orleans is prone to getting lots of wind, lots of hurricanes, this kind of thing. But then somebody else said no. If you look at the glass... And mine's not the perfect exact glass, but it is a pretty good uh, replica, if you will. It's that hurricane lamp-shaped glass. And that's why they called it the hurricane. Hmm. Okay. So, why is that my celebration drink? Okay, we can do two things here. We can remember that I was in a hurricane. That is true. We may and, need to go back over that story. And, and survived. I don't know that we need to go back over the whole story, but I can't remember. We we didn't make hurricanes, and we don't do that in St. Martin, and that's where the hurricane was, Irma, and we thought we were going to die three or four times. 
and then we got on the ship to take us back to San Juan and then flew home. I did have a hurricane then, and it was just kind of a celebration hurricane. Okay. Well, that's a, that's a, good, that's a good little story. So why don't you tell us how you made your hurricane? Uh, there again, there's lots of different recipes out there. I found one that said vodka, gin, rum. It just had a mixture of stuff. I told Josh earlier before we even got started that I tried two last night. Well, there's different <laughs> recipes. One of the recipes said four ounces of amber or gold rum. Well, another recipe said amber, gold rum, and white rum. So here's what I did. Two ounces of amber, gold rum, and two ounces of coconut rum. Oh, okay. To give it a little coconut, an ounce of lime juice, an ounce of orange juice, Two ounces of passion fruit juice, and then I bought the passion fruit juice. Big, bold letters, passion fruit juice. 100% juice. You get home, you read the fine print, and it says, with apple and some, <laughs> some other stuff. <laughs> and then a half ounce of simple syrup, a half ounce of grenadine, and you brought over some bourbon cherry juice with the cherries. You see the cherry as the garnish. And I started to float. And we could do it. You could reach back there and grab it. I started to float a half ounce of black rum. Oh, on top. Yeah, I might, I might, I might put a little in there because it's so it's really sweet. It's really sweet. So why don't you reach back there? I think I'm going to do that. The black seal. Gosling's rum. Here we are. So another story that I have about hurricanes. I looked all over this house. I don't know what happened to my hurricane glasses. But here's the story. We lived in Kansas City. Everybody recognizes Pat O'Brien's and the hurricane New Orleans. There's the other celebration link, Josh. What happens in New Orleans and people are just having a gay old party time? Well, lots of things, but I think you're trying to get me to say Mardi Gras. Uh, Exactly. Ding, ding, ding. And so the Mardi Gras is the festival before Christian Lent. So people are kind of going crazy. They're having that drink. They're celebrating everything. They're dancing in the streets. They're doing all kinds of other stuff in the street. And boom, boom, it's a celebration. That's why I chose this drink. It's got so many different angles of celebration to it. Okay, well, that makes sense. And, you know, this is actually my first ever hurricane. It's not a cocktail that I would traditionally go to because they are usually a little bit sweeter mm-hmm. and it's not really kind of my jam, mm-hmm. but it's really good. It's very fruity. Mm-hmm. It's very fruit forward. I don't really taste any of the coconut, which I'm okay with because I'm not a huge coconut fan. Like I said, it's only, well, coconut rum doesn't have a whole lot of coconut taste. At least the one I bought. Well, I was going to say, it depends on the coconut rum. Yeah. Well, Malibu's got I was a lot. standing there. I was standing there in our liquor store and looking at two choices. And one said, coconut water, made with real coconut water. I guess maybe that's the one I should have got. I don't know. <laughs> well, coconut coconut water doesn't always have a whole lot of coconut, coconut flavor. flavor. Right. And depends on the coconut. You can get some sour or some sweet. Just depends on it. Makes me think of Sunboy. Yeah. It's time for, it's summertime. We need Sunboy. 
Yep. If they, I would, you know, if anybody out there works for a venture capital company and looking to get into the seltzer markets, that would be a great company to invest in because they're looking for, I think, investors so that they can start distributing outside of New York. As a reminder, my my snacks are red beans and rice, jambalaya. I bought these. I cooked them. I'm eating on this one. <laughs> lots and lots of rice. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so I'll say this. The floating of the black rum is really good. Uh-huh. It brings in that depth and that spiciness that I want in a cocktail like this. And we just use Gosling's That's Black a, Seal remove, rum. Yeah, remove the black rum. Um, if you have Kraken, you could use Kraken. Ooh. Kraken's really good. Kraken, Kraken is a that, great black rum. I don't have any in the house, but that will not be drinking straight. Yeah, it is. It's got enough flavor and it's smooth enough that you can actually drink it by itself it's it's a really really good black rum to have if you're trying to decide between goslings and and kraken you're not going to make a wrong decision big Kraken, just go for it <laughs> i said the drink was the, the done at pat o'brien's in 39 but it's actually it says here the 40s and here's what happened we had that thing that was a bad experiment and when that was over, December 3rd, 1933, two days after repeal of Prohibition, Pat O'Brien's converted his speakeasy to Mr. O'Brien's Club, Tipperary. Tipperary, excuse me. And that's in New Orleans. Now, here's what was going on. Because of that, because of that Prohibition, it was impossible to get whiskey. And what it says here is that if you wanted whiskey, one case, you had to order 50 cases of rum. <laughs> so here's what happened. You order the 50 cases of rum. You get your one case of whiskey. You're going, what am I going to do with this rum? And you come they, up. They, they built the hurricane and yeah. other rum drink. Well, it was probably difficult to get rum in New Orleans. Because it wasn't impossible to get to get whiskey in other places, mm-hmm. because there was a hard, there was a big rush around the Canadian border with Canadian whiskey. Because mm-hmm. you know, right, it was right there. They just go across the lake. Now another connection that Joanne and I have to Pat O'Brien's, believe it or not, there was a Pat O'Brien's in Kansas City. Okay. Nobody really remembers that. Where was it in Kansas City? It's in the. It was in the River Key. Okay, so which down. is the downtown? Okay, Key River area. Okay, down where like the Lucid was it the Lusitania Museum was, the steamship. Arabia, Arabia. That's a whole other story. So, but there was there was mafia in Kansas City. And I could look it up, but it's kind of immaterial at this point. And I didn't remember it like the web said it, so maybe the web's a little bit off. But what the web said was, this this mafia boss had dancing girl places, bars, on 12th Street. I agree with that part of the story. Absolutely. And he wanted 
the river. He wanted to take back the river key and do the same thing. So I think Josh, we're talking about prostitution. Okay. Now the way I remember it was it it was drugs, not necessarily prostitution. But here's well, what, I mean, they usually go hand in hand. Yeah. Well, well, the way I remember it, there was one boss that wanted the prostitution to go, and the other boss wanted it not to go. So he could do his drug thing. Well, at two o'clock at night, a.m. in the early morning, May twenty seventh of nineteen seventy seven, two hundred tons of TNT or pounds, two hundred pounds of TNT went kaboom. Oh my goodness! In Paddle Bronze, Kansas City, there's a crater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a crater. So, another connection. Uh, that's not exactly something to celebrate. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say so. But I. But for me, it, this hurricane drink and these whole stories that I'm that I'm telling have so much in my brain about it. You know, there's so many things to think about. So, speaking of things to think about and talking about celebration, you know, we've had a hundred episodes so far. What have been some of your Thinking back on on the episodes, we're going to get down to like some of our favorite sips and bites, but what have been some of your favorite episodes that we've done or episodes that have been aired because there have been some that you haven't been a part of? Well, you know that I love What's Up With The E. Okay, yeah. And I had to twist your arm sideways to get the second one. Because we did it too, we done it just previously. Well, try to spread it out a little. You know, bit. when I look we've back, done th- we've done three. When I look back, it's like number four was "What's Up with the E," and then maybe it was number seven or eight somewhere. In yeah, the first, the first two very far apart. No, it was the first two liquor weeks. The first two liquor weeks, we did "What's Up mm-hmm. with the E," and I was like, "Dad, we've got to get off of this." And then I think, like, for the next couple episodes, the next couple liquor episodes. You picked whiskey <laughs> as your as your drink. And I'm like, Dad, I remember sitting down at one point looking at you and be like, okay, if we're going to do this, we've got to do this. And you've got to pick something that's not whiskey. <laughs> okay. We did uh, smoke in the glass two times. Yes. And what did you pick both times? Whiskey. Whiskey. <laughs> what did you pick? Me- Mezcal. Mezcal. And maybe... I did mezcal and a whiskey. There was a smoky bourbon. I, <clears throat> I did. Or maybe it's Rock Town. Yeah, it was the Rock Town smoked, um, their hickory smoked bourbon. But also, I mean, we mentioned um, the coconut water, the Sun Boy. Mm-hmm. That was a real fun episode called Rumming with the Tates. I don't know. I didn't write down the number of that episode, but that was a really fun one because. We had Becky Tate and her son Nate, and Becky was telling us how to make a mojito. Yeah, I think that was one of the first, I think that was the first and actually maybe the only episode that we've done where somebody has joined us, the two of us, that hasn't been family. Because every other time it's been like me, you, and Marie, or me, you, Marie, and Mom. And other than we did Susie. That's Susie. right. We do had we did Susie. have Susie join us. Yeah, we had the Ca- carb- carb- carbonic maceration. Yeah, which you kept talking like 
after that episode, it, it felt like if you could just bring carbonic maceration in, you would see if you could bring it into the episodes. Right. There for a while, I was like, this is almost it. Yeah, this is almost, this is it. It's carbonic maceration. Well, I almost said it last week. <laughs> <laughs> With your mushroom. <laughs> Which it was definitely not carbonic know, maceration. I know, I know. I... <laughs> So what about your? What were your some of your favorites? I know it was not whiskey. Um, well, well I mean, no, I enjoyed. I enjoyed not, the not the scotch. I did not enjoy the smoke in the glass episode. I was pleasantly surprised by the mezcal, mm-hmm. but it kind of reiterated the fact that I don't really care for that. Um, some of the other ones I've I've really enjoyed are. That's why you left the bottle here. Yeah, that's exactly why I left the bottle here. <laughs> Some of the ones that I've really enjoyed are when we've kind of done done something that's been a little kind of out there. Mm-hmm. You know, the carbonic maceration one was fun because, you know, we got really kind of nerdy with that one. Yeah. I really enjoyed doing the cocktail tools episode. That was a good one. With, with Jordan. You know, mm-hmm. we, we had talked a lot about cocktails and not really how to make them. So I really enjoyed in that one. I enjoy having Seth on. When I can, the mm-hmm. much as I really didn't care for almost all the Chardonnays, that was it was fun to go through with him and kind of see what mm-hmm. kind of what what I've liked mm-hmm. so far. Let's see here, what else? Kind of going through the list of of why don't you pour a glass? Well, I mean, yeah, it's the rye episode. You just, you just say rye and you're in. Uh, yeah, I said rye and I'm in. You know, the when we did the Italian liquors mm-hmm. after you got back, mm-hmm. that Nocino was really, really good. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that I've really loved so far about doing this is I've been able to... We both have. I've had the excuse to go buy things that I've always kind of thought about trying, mm-hmm. but never really done it. Like the, uh, the Amaro Montenegro. Yeah. Doing that was so much fun and having it on. But I think I think probably one of the it was the longest episode we've ever done. Well yeah. You weren't here. <laughs> well there were but uh, the some high, soccer boys getting the high low the high low liquor episode. Mm-hmm. That was so much fun because you know, as as the educator that I am and the education piece is like my favorite part of this getting to talk through that with the people in the room rather than just talking to everybody who's listening, but having that dialogue was so much fun and being able to talk about those differences and help people understand why, you know, a $15 liquor is $15 and a hundred dollar liquor is a hundred dollars. Yeah. That was, those were some of kind of my favorite. Well, kind of and I, I enjoyed listening to those because uh, I could tell that they they were learning. And then the one called Irish Beers for a Conversation with the Rum Guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he kept asking these questions that I think a lot of the listeners may be wanting to know the answer to, but they haven't written in and asked us. It's like, how do you know how to pair? Yeah. How do you know what to pair? And it's like, sometimes it's just luck. Yeah. That was fun. That was fun because that was not planned at all. Like, 
No, I can tell that. We were just we were talking before the show started. Well, you, and you told me you said you you said I forget where I was. I was gone somewhere. But you said, Dad, have you listened to that? And I had I hadn't yet. And he says, Oh, me and Dave, we went way off script. And then when I listened to it, I said, Josh, that's okay. Yeah. It was yeah, because well, the way it happened is we were just talking before the show started, kind of something I do when I have virtual guests and actually guests in general. It's just to talk, to get over some of the nerves and kind of mm-hmm. let people know what's going on. But Dave and I just started having such a good conversation. I was like, okay, hold on. we got I've got to start <laughs> mm-hmm. so that we can get this going. Right. And it was it was lots of fun. And then my eyes were opened a lot. When Leslie came, and we talked about the non-alcoholic. Yeah. We never had a wine, but it was um, the liquors. Mm-hmm. And she talked about those, and she brought a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. I think she left, she left a couple here. Yeah. That she didn't like, kind of like you do. And then uh, I think the next week or the next, we did non-alcoholic cocktails using some of those same liquors. Yeah, it was the it was the it was the next week mm-hmm. that we did that. That was really cool too to kind of see how you can use some of that in in what in your cabinet. So what um so tell me what you think about your hurricane. You were kind of unsure. Well, hurricane rum rudder, a lot of those rum drinks, they are sweet, and it's like you said. If you put a little black rum on top, that helps it a lot. You know, it's it is what it is. I mean, it's meant to be sweet, right? It's got a lot of you know. I I read the recipe to you, didn't I? Mm-hmm. Didn't I go through that? You know, and one of them had mango, and mango is really kind of strange, actually. Well, I mean, it can be, but I think it's really good. You know, like I said, the black rum brings the spiciness to the cocktail kind of gives it some balance over that sweetness but if you like a more fruity style drink this is a great option for you now you mentioned new orleans Mm -hmm. and this cocktail you also mentioned about the glass yeah (laughs) and you know for those of you who've been to new orleans you may have been walking down the street yourself with one of the big plastic hurricane glasses Yep. With uh, God knows what in it. Right. <laughs> and so there, this is kind of a harken back to more of a classic style where you said like you you saw some that had vodka and other things in it where it's yeah. just not truly kind of where the cocktail started. No. But it is a way that it has currently been done, usually in those larger format kind of things. Well, this would be the, the Pat O'Brien, this website, which is... A Pat O'Brien page. It has almost the same thing I do. Light rum, dark rum, passion fruit, orange juice, fresh lime juice, simple syrup, grenadine. Yeah. So I think that's the classic, and that's kind of the way I ended up, except the light rum is coconut. Yeah. All of that extra little flavor. And then um, I didn't write down, I don't think I said it, but the, the bourbon... Cherries. I, I found another recipe with that. It was Maker Maker's Mark bourbon cherry 
Yeah, and I like the bourbon cherries over just the traditional maraschinos. Yeah, because again, they're sweet. They're also salty. Mm. So, I don't really, I personally don't care for maraschino cherries. I love bourbon or brandy cherries, and you mm. can make them at home. You know, speaking of it, it's summer, right? which is cherry season. I'm sure there are recipes out there where you can make your own bourbon or brandied or whatever spice cherries you can right learn how to can them and can them and save them for later right you just have to you just have to um, macerate them <laughs> yeah put them in there so we were we were in Kansas City when the, when the bomb went off and you know that was pretty scary it it leveled two bars one called, of course, Pat O'Brien's, but the other one called Judge Roy Beans. There was some connection between those two bars. I don't know if it was particularly owned by the same person. I could dig down deep into this and probably get it. Now, I read someplace that there was enough of this mob activity going on yeah. that I think the Judge Roy Bean owner might have been a judge and he was going to withhold the liquor license to the mob and that's why the mob did what they did oh yeah i have another story had a friend and i can't remember her name for nothing but she was going to do a photo expose and that whole river market area is like where the fruits and vegetables come in yeah. Kansas City. And so she thought, you know, I'm going to go down there really, really, really early. And I'm going to start taking pictures as soon as, as I can. Right. This, this is back in the day of a 35-millimeter camera with film. <laughs> yeah. And so she's taking pictures of long sun coming up. She's getting some really great ones. She's taking pictures of strawberries coming in. So it was that kind of season. And all of a sudden, these people come up to her. They take her camera, they open it up, and they pull the film out. Which destroys the film, for those of you who may not know. And so it's like, she said to me later, she said, I don't know what I took a picture of. But it was something. (laughs) Either I took a picture of something, or they thought I did. Or they thought I was going to. And so it ended. I mean, she she got the hell out of there. Uh, yeah. I, I would definitely, definitely tuck tail and run or, and go, move quickly at that point. Yeah, one of the comments says that uh, the Paddle Bronze and the Judge Roy Beans was a couple rough CD are. So, so you're saying they're down, they're down along the river. Mm-hmm. They well, were gone. Well, they were. Yeah. They were down along the river in Kansas City, Kansas. Kansas City. Uh, Yeah. So they were down in Kansas City, Kansas. And they weren't. So they weren't over in like the Troost. They weren't over the river in Kansas City, Missouri, like around Troost or the 18th and Vine District, right? No. Okay. That's that's an interesting story. So So remind us a little bit about the. The hurricane. The, the hurricane. The hurricane? 
Which one? Which one was it again? That Irma. you guys? It was Irma. Irma. So if you guys ever remember Hurricane Irma, like I remember, you know, they're down in St. Martin doing their travel thing like they always do, and I get a call from mom or a text from mom saying, "Yeah, we're going to be staying here. We're not going to try and and get out of the. We're not going to be able to really get out because of flights and." Well, we travel standby. Yeah, that's and the, so by the time people were thinking the hurricane was really coming, the planes filled up with passengers that were paying. So there'd be no seats for a non-paying passenger. Right. Like us. Now, the year before a hurricane was coming, maybe it's just a tropical storm at the point. But see, they come out of Africa, and then they hit the Gulf Stream which is before you get to St. Martin, from the east. Okay, there's Gulf Stream on the east side of St. Martin. And a lot of times what will happen is that big tropical storm will hit that. A, it's going to empower it with the warm water. But B, most of the time up until then, it made it turn. It makes it turn north. And so that's what we thought was going to happen. But in this case, no. Well, and this was the same year that you know, Irma ended up being in Category 5 coming yes. through where y'all were. And then the next one, I think it was Jose. Well, there was a Jose, and Jose kind of petered out, but then there was Maria. Yeah, which... And Maria hit San Juan, Puerto Rico Yeah, right after we got off of San Juan. <laughs> yeah, so it was a it was a busy hurricane season that year, but I remember... You know, mom saying, hey, we're we're going to stay here. We're going to ride it out. They're doing all this such and such. And I remember watching it as it grew and grew and grew and grew. And it hit St. Martin on Marie's birthday. Yes. So <laughs> September Marie, Marie was Marie was dealing with, you know, parents going through a hurricane while she's trying to celebrate her birthday. Oh, you move the rum ball. And I just remember, like, checking everything in school, being like, I wonder what's going on. And. Well, see, and that's our problem. You know, we don't watch TV while we're down in St. Martin. Why watch the TV? You can do that anywhere. So here comes the hurricane. It's like, we better turn to the weather channel. Well, there's Al Roker, and he's talking about the hurricane. He's talking about how it's going to hit New Orleans or Florida or someplace like that. It's like, we're not even on the planet, according to him. Well, yeah, <laughs> you're not his target audience. That's right. So it was real hard to know were we going to get hit or not. And that's why you just think, okay, we're going to ride it out. Yeah. Well, luckily, I mean, I know you said it was it was very harrowing because there were some time. And it just you've told me the story. We don't have to go through the whole story, but it was kind of crazy. So, you know, airports are down. You guys are kind of stuck. You the 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 you know the US Air Force is coming in with C130s trying to get people off yeah. and but who ended up saving the day for you guys and tell and tell everybody kind of a little bit about your trip back to the United States for after the hurricane you know Josh um you'd never think you're going to get a free ride on a on a cruise ship but that's how it worked you know, it was a Norwegian cruise ship, and we could see it coming, 
And the way it worked was they were supposed to go to St. Martin before the hurricane, but they decided not to because of the hurricane. And then after the hurricane, they decided to go ahead and go to St. Martin because they they knew that St. Martin needed water, electronics, and those kinds of things that they had on the ship. And they had room to take about 300 people. So here comes, here comes, and we could see it from our room. We could see the cruise ship coming. Was it Norwegian or, or Royal Caribbean that y'all were on? I think it was, I think it was Royal Caribbean because they were the first ones to go down. Royal Caribbean, that's right. And then right. Norwegian, Norwegian also came, brought, that's right, brought a cruise ship that's down. Right. I mean, we had to surrender our passport, which was scary. But then they put us in a room, and it's like, it's not down where I'm having to work on the engine. <laughs> it's, it's up in a nice stateroom with a view. It's a, Exactly. It had, it had a little it was a little suite with uh, the patio outside or the deck outside. And it's like, we go eat at any restaurant or any bar. And it's like, all I had to do is pay for the booze package. Yeah, buy that. <laughs> I, I, as with any cruise buy the booze package well and the other thing was everybody else on the ship besides us that were rescued had to pay for the wi-fi they gave that to us free too so there were other passengers i thought i thought it came empty i thought it came with supplies no that ship was almost full oh okay it was obviously pre-covid and they yes oh yeah pre-covid and they had room for 300 more Oh, okay, okay, that makes sense. And so everybody on the ship, but the but the rescuees are paying for Wi-Fi, and paying for their room, and everything. And here we are. It's like, well, and well, they even said, well, if you need to go over to the to the store, buy yourself a T-shirt and some flip flops and whatever, because we know some, we know a lot of you got off the island really quick. Yeah, I remember. I remember mom saying that like. It was almost a kind of a mad dash to the to oh, yeah. the to the port. It was like you guys. I don't know if who told you, but I remember his mom saying, "It's like yeah, like I had to tell John. John, we're leaving. We're going. Pack it up. <laughs> we're going. We're we're leaving. We've got a ride in the morning to get over to the get over to the port, and we're gonna we're gonna get there as early as we can." And you know that was that was so amazing to see those cruise ships that ended up doing that. Mm-hmm. And then they they didn't just like pick you up and then take you back to Puerto Rico. They finished the whole cruise. They they hit the ABC Islands. Well, in fact, they told us don't get off. Yeah, don't get off to Puerto Rico because here's the deal: they took our passport when we got on the ship. So technically, we left Saint Martin without going through customs. <laughs> Fugitives, we were. And they said, don't get off to Puerto Rico because Puerto Rico is the United States. No. And then you'll be legal getting off the ship going to your home country. And we're going, oh, okay. Five days? Oh, sure. (laughs) Oh, darn. (laughs) And you guys went to like Antigua, Bermuda. ABCs, yeah. And Curacao. Curacao. Uh. Was it Bonaire? That's right, Bonaire. Yeah, and Antigua. Yeah. So you're kind of down in the the southern part of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Dad, those rum balls. Oh, 
<coughs> they are rum balls. Okay. <laughs> Mr. Double did not double it. Mr. Double did not need to double. <laughs> well, it's it here's the recipe. It's straight out of that nineteen seventy seven rum book. Nineteen seventy seven rum book. Okay. Go ahead. Or a seventy eight, whatever that thing is. Vanilla wafers. <laughs> okay. AKA fifty. Okay, vanilla wafers. AKA fifty. Uh crumble them up. Then a quarter of a cup of rum. That's only two ounces. And then a quarter cup of honey. And it said two cups of walnuts. I think I put a little bit over one. Now that might have made it more rummy because there's less nut. Well, I mean, those vanilla wafers just like disappeared. Right. (laughs) I mean, as they do, if you ever had banana pudding or anything, they just kind of (laughs) disappear. But man. Oh, what kind of rum do you use? The gold. Mm. Okay. It's not the plantation. <laughs> yeah. God, it's not overproof. How can you imagine using overproof rum? <laughs> well, in that book, there's a whole lot of food recipes. And there's a footnote, I think on every page, maybe. Mm-hmm. It says the recipe is based on a rum that's 80 proof. In other words, don't use the Bacardi 151. Yeah, please do not. <laughs> well, it looks like you're pouring up the uh, champagne. Yep, I want to go ahead and uh, get that poured. Once again, this uh, champagne is the uh, Jeff Wah. It's spelled like Jeff O'Ri, Jeff O'Rory, kind of mean. Uh, Rose de Signe champagne. And like I said, this is probably one of my favorite semi-celebration champagnes it's actually cheaper than i remembered i may have been remembering it wrong it runs um about 80 dollars a bottle which okay. is i thought it was a hundred dollars a bottle all day long oh okay um but it's not it's a be- it's a beautiful pink color yeah. it's almost the same color as your uh as your uh hurricane, hurricane yeah. there mm-hmm. yeah it's one of my favorites now, is it a Chardonnay grape base? Well, base or can't only be Chardonnay because... Well, I mean more Chardonnay than... It's red. Mm-hmm. Talk about it, yeah. I gotta, oh, I gotta find the right tab. Like I said, this is 100% champagne. Well, just remember, for my food, I've got some short ribs. I've got a porchetta. And then I've got some, a myriad of macarons. This blend is actually 100% Pinot Noir. Oh, okay. So, it's a rosé of Pinot Noir. The dosage on it is only six is six grams per liter, so it is a brute. It's higher than some other brutes, but it is still technically a brute. Okay. It's super delicious. I love, like I said, I love this, this champagne. We've had it before. <laughs> what would happen if I put a rum ball with it? It would... Turn very bitter. Mm-hmm. It would be very bitter from that. So it's a beautiful, beautiful color, beautiful smell on it. You get a lot of those tart cherries and a lot of roses mm. kind of smell to it. And now, Signet, if we remember from a rose episode, Signet means to bleed. 
in French. Mm-hmm. So what they do is they do like they're making a red wine, mm-hmm. and then they actually bleed out some of that red, the juice, while it's macerating mm-hmm. on the skins. Mm-hmm. They bleed that off. Okay. Sometimes that's done to raise the alcohol content of the juice that's left over. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's done just to intensify that flavors. And it's a, it's a traditional method of making rosé. And that's what they use to make this, to make the champagne. Now, is it like 13 ABV? Um, it is 12 and a half. Okay. So on the lighter side, um, this is brought in, it's distributed by, or not, not distributed, it's imported by Skernick. So another importer that I, I really enjoy that does great, great stuff. And it's just, it's super, it's super good. It's very affordable. It's, it's, I think it's a lot better than your Moet and Chandon rosés that you can get for, and it's about the same price, price, maybe a little bit, actually a little bit less Mm -hmm. than some of the rosés out there. It's definitely cheaper than the Vouv rosé. Right. Vouv rosé is a little bit over a hundred and it's light, it's fresh, it's easy drinking and it pairs well with other things. It's got enough body to it that um, allow for it to hold up to a lot of different things. Fork and knife right there. So, did you put an order on this food? No. Okay. Just eat it. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I'm planning to do. It's celebration. There's not really any order, any order to eat it. The- well, celebration. You got macarons here. Well, yeah, I mean, if you want to eat a macaron first, eat a macaron first. (laughs) I'm thinking about it. Yeah, and so when it comes to actually like Signe Rosé Champagne, they're actually really rare. Most of the time they don't don't use the Signe method to make Rosé Champagne. Most of the time it's just done Mm. that blended to make make Rosé. And that's why I think that's one of the reasons I really enjoy this. But also, so we've we've had this before. You were going to tell me when. So I bought a mo- I bought a bottle for mom's birthday. Oh, that's right. Oh wow, gosh, now three or four years ago, mm-hmm. and we had it at Petit and Keat. Mm-hmm. That's right. And it's uh, it's it's beautiful, like you said. Like I said, you got some of that ro- uh, some a lot of like florally rose flavors. You get some cherry, some. Uh, strawberry kind of notes, and it just—it's got an, a depth to it that some other rosés don't have. Yeah, I'm loving the strawberry note. Yeah, it comes from Premier Cru vine, so it is a Premier Cru Champagne or Premier Cru region. <clears throat> so it's it's Premier Cru, which means it's just a little step above other mm-hmm. methods and other oh. levels of it. Now, when you went to France and wine tasted, did you go to this winery? No, we did not. We did not go to Jeffroy. I really, really would love to go to to go to Jeffroy because uh, it it just I've I've only had their if I believe I've only had this one. I've only had their Signe Rosé. I haven't had any of the other ones, and they do you know the whole gamut. They do, you know, a regular brute, 
Mm-hmm. They do vintages. Mm-hmm. They have a Blanc de Rosé, which is something. It's an extra brut, so it might be, you know, they just have a little bit higher of the sugar in there. They have a Brut Natural, which is no, which has no dosage or I think 0.5 grams per liter. Oh, okay. And they're really just kind of, you know, like a lot of people in in Champagne, they're really just kind of stewards of the land. They, you, they don't mess with it too much. They like to stick to their traditional ways and show off the terroir. Mm-hmm. That's that's there. You know, they only have fourteen hectares. Oh, that's small. Which which is kind of normal for Champagne. There's not a whole, you know, unless you're one of the big boys, you don't really own a whole lot of land in Champaign. Okay. You may own small plots in a lot of different areas, but they usually don't. One interesting thing about them is they, um, Chardonnay is actually their smallest grape that they grow. Okay. Only 24% of their vineyard is Chardonnay. 42% is Pinot Noir and 34% is Pinot Meunier. Which is my favorite champagne grape, by the way. Yeah, I love Pinot Meunier. I've <laughs> I've got a buy. I've got to figure out how I can buy it again. I had a bottle of 100% Pinot Meunier champagne before, mm-hmm. and it was just absolutely gorgeous. It was a Blanc de Noir, and it was absolutely amazing. So, what about talking? Where you know we're in a hundred episodes. What have been some of your favorite pairings that Ooh. we've had before? Like no, best bites and sips. I didn't, I didn't really think about that, Joe. That's something that you tell me what your favorite was. Maybe that'll that'll spur something with me. So some of my some of my favorites that I've had, you know, there was, you know, my first time doing foie gras in Sultern was was really great. Understanding that pairing, that fat play against the sweetness was was just amazing and having some of the some of the eastern passover wines that were kind of the wine was surprising itself and how well it went some of the food Mm -hmm. has been has been really great i've really enjoyed the learning and trying the liquors with foods independent of themselves because there have been some very you know, I usually don't. I usually don't drink liquor with meal. Mm-mm. It's usually a snack or a precursor or a post mm-hmm. kind of post thing for me. And it's been very nice to. It's been very interesting to learn how well they can go with some particular things. So, I think that we've had a couple Thanksgiving episodes, mm-hmm. and I think the. Thanksgiving food that we did with the Thanksgiving wines were really good pairs. Yeah. You know, I nothing really stands out as a terribly bad pairing. And maybe I'm forget, wanting to forget them. <laughs> maybe. Can you think of a really, really bad one? We've had some. Oh, I can. We've tried some dessert stuff that just hasn't worked. Right. What are you thinking of? Well, I, I tried to do some ceviche and some fish things that 
neither one of us liked them. You don't like fish to begin with. <laughs> right. Now, that tartar that I had last week, I thought that was a fabulous pair. Yeah. And, you know, every once in a while you get lucky. <laughs> but with the wines, especially, I think we've done the food already. Because you're a good cook. I'm a halfway good cook. And we'll have wine with our meals a lot. And so if it's wine and food, we've maybe we've already done it. And it's like last week. It was like that quiche. It was like the quiche and the Kirkland seven year long. Mm-hmm. It's like I accidentally tested it and it was good, so we had it on the show. Right. So what's been some of your just favorite, so what's been some of your favorite times and favorite things just about, because we're, you know, at a hundred episodes we've had, I mean, I've done this 99 times. I've only been out once. Okay. I'm a, I believe. But throughout your times doing this, what has been some of your, some of your favorite things that have come out or things that you've learned that has just kind of made it worthwhile? Well, I had to tell you about the cocktail tools. I, that one that you and Jordan did. Mm-hmm. I think that was a very good episode, not just for me. I mean, I don't have all the great cocktail tools that you described. I've got most of them, if not all. But I think that was a really good episode for our listeners. Okay. They helped them learn how how to make those cocktails Stir when you're supposed to stir. Shake when you're supposed to shake. Okay. I think that's really important. And that cocktail episode talked about that. And I think we've talked about it before. It didn't have to be a cocktail episode. Yeah. It's like, you know, this hurricane. You got to shake it. Yeah. It's not 100%. No. Alcohol. Yeah. You got to shake it. Uh, other, Other cocktails... You know, even a bitter counts. <laughs> yep. And you don't really realize that, but yeah, you got to stir it. What about, what about you? I mean, that, that one, um, and then the one with David where we already talked about it, but where David was asking all those pairing questions. Yeah. It's like, how do you figure that out? Well, I mean, there's, there's. Food pairing wheels, there's all those wheels, but you know, if you, if you, you don't have to make it hard. Yeah. Just make it fun. Mm-hmm. And it's like, th- this pairing with the, and we'll do best on plate, the red beans and rice and the jambalaya, that was not a great pairing. <laughs> now, part of that had to do with I just bought it in the frozen food part yeah. of a grocery store. You know, I've really enjoyed getting out there and kind of stretching stretching myself and seeing kind of what's out there and getting more familiar with this particular medium. You know, like I've said, this is there are times I feel like, you know, we're just talking out into the abyss and you know, maybe somebody's listening and maybe somebody's out there. 
Um, but the times where I've get, had communication back with people and then learning that, you know, just because I don't get interaction back doesn't mean nobody's listening. You know, being a teacher, being a trainer, somebody who's been out there and having that all, you know, immediate feedback from the people that you're talking to. Right. You know, it's been difficult to not, not get that feedback sometimes. Yeah. And Dave, I know you're out there or you didn't call me. <laughs> I had to do the hurricane without you. But I think it's been really fun to to kind of go through that and stretch myself and learn. And then on a selfish note, I'm really I've been really glad that I've been able to record some of these stories that you've been putting out there. You know, oh, yeah. for later usage, look back on, you know, it's been it's been great to get the stories down in a more permanent medium because, mm-hmm. you know, looking back, you know, with COVID and, you know, just you're losing people in your life. There are sometimes you're like, man, I wish I would have recorded that story or had had the ability to listen to that story one more time from somebody. So it's been really nice to get that down and have it for well, in a more like, permanent it's way. It's like my dad, your grandfather. Yeah. He wrote that book. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not on the bestseller or anybody's list. And I don't know if you can still buy it, but he wrote down stories. He wrote down about his life. Yep. And then my mom's dad, my great-grandfather, we got him to write down some of his stories. And it's fun to read it. Okay, it's it's just hardly a paperback, you know. Yeah. But it's, it's fun to read it. And then remember him telling the story. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's so many things that don't get written down. You know, like my other grandfather, he just, his his wife had passed away and he, at about 90 years old, he gets in his car and he drives off and sees, sees a high school sweetheart. (laughs) It's like, really? Yeah. Well, you know, it's just been. It's been really, it's been really nice to get those. But right now, nobody's listening. I mean, it's just you and me. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, you know, once it, once it uh, hits the webs, yeah, people will download it. And what I don't know is how many people can actually get to it and then not register as a download. Yeah. Through trans transistor, who we use. Yeah. So it's it's a. Uh... It's it's been nice to get out there and do it, and I hope as we continue with this, getting to connect with more people on the show, mm-hmm. because I've also really enjoyed hearing a lot of people who've been on the show, kind of their their background, their backstories mm-hmm. when it comes to wine, beer, when it comes to alcohol and food. It's been really nice to learn those things about the people who, you know, the people who I trust or people who've been on the show. Because that's, it, to me, it's fascinating. Like, how did you get to where you're at kind of things? Well, it's like the only one you weren't on was Tomiko. And uh, I didn't know much about her. I mean, I, I knew her. I knew that she worked for Hunger Alliance. I knew her husband was a bartender. That was about it. And then, you know, she had some great stories. And it was like Leslie. Leslie had some great stories and she's our next door neighbor. Yeah. And that's the, that's the great thing about this is while it can feel like an isolated medium, 
it is still very social media, mm-hmm. which I've which I've really enjoyed. Speaking of enjoying, this wine is fantastic. <laughs> mm-hmm. What are you thinking? You've been eating more than I have. Well, so you just you just quit eating that big old rib. Yeah, and then you said it's fantastic. Well, the wine's fantastic. So I'm trying to put two and two together and decide if you meant. The wine is fantastic because I just had some of that fatty, fatty, fatty rib. Or if it's just fantastic and I just so happen to eat some rib. Well, the wine is fantastic, period. Like, okay. full stop. Okay. Full stop. Um, it goes really well with this rib. It's got enough body to it that it will hold up to this this uh, short rib. Mm-hmm. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. Now, I haven't eaten anything else. Have you? I have. What What have you had and what do you think? Oh, I had about it one of the... So the macarons that are different colors. Yes. Does that mean different flavors? Yes, it does. Okay. Which one did you have? Da Super Taster. They, uh, I had one and I can't remember what color it was. Uh, it looks <laughs> like you're missing the orange one, which is okay. peaches and cream. Oh, okay. Well, peaches and cream went really good with this. And I guess this pink one would be strawberry. Raspberry. Okay, raspberry. That would have to go good with Mm-hmm. So the and then the the pork. You sous you sous the rib. How'd you do the? Mm-mm. No, this is sous vide. Oh no. Oh okay. The short rib is just braised. Okay. The porchetta is oven cooked. So porchetta is mm-hmm. pork belly wrapped around pork loin, mm-hmm. and then there's seasonings on the inside. It's good. What did you think of it with the with the wine? You know, they're both good by themselves. I don't think that the porchetta really added that much to the wine. It's like we said before, I, when it's when it's a stellar pairing, I think putting them together means all of a sudden they go from a five and a five to a ten, something like that. Mm-hmm. And the porchetta and the wine, the champagne didn't do that. Okay. They were still really good. I got more kick out of the short rib. Okay. And I think it's because of that big old fat hump that that just made that sweetness and the fat kind of sing together. Yeah. The uh, I'm still going to try one of them rum balls. <laughs> we'll try one of the rum balls. <laughs> just warning you, it may not be great. Uh, the porchetta to me is it's good. There's a lot of fattiness in the in the pork belly, and the if you get some of those interior spices which have, you know, garlic, right, sage, thyme, fennel, red chili pepper, right, you get some of that that herby herbaceousness that kind of takes out some of the bitterness of the wine and really leaves a lot of the fruit, the fruitiness, which I, which was interesting to me and left a lot of that strawberry, that raspberry, almost hibiscus kind of, kind of flavors to it. Now, have you had any feedback from Dave or uh, anyone else about pairings and the way we do them, if we should be changing something? I know when we first started, it was a 
big honking charcuterie board that had like six or eight things on it. And you had one and I had one. Mm-hmm. And we pared it down to three. And I wonder if... I don't think we need to go past three. No, I haven't. Because it seems like we talk about the food and the wine maybe more than we talk about the wine. What? Uh, no. I haven't had any any feedback that there's too much of the pairing talk versus versus the individuality. I I I have had feedback that it is nicer when we're when we have three as compared to the beginning because there was just well, so much stuff even, we couldn't talk about. When we didn't do we couldn't do best on plate because we didn't really try everything. Try everything. You know, the you know, I've talked to people about hey, should we do like a an app made a dessert every time or what do you think about that? Everyone from the feedback that I've received is everything is fine. Like what you're doing is fine. Um, so I haven't, that's all I've, that's all I've kind of received is that they like what we're doing. Now Seth's been on the show. How many times? It's always good when he's on. He's been on three times. And Jordan and Marie have the record. Yeah, I think Marie. I think Jordan has just edged out Marie in the last oh, really? in the last couple of weeks because Marie's been on three times, yeah, I maybe four, been five. I don't know. You're you're the stat guy. I'm not counting mm-hmm. it. <laughs> no, I'm not. Yeah, Jordan, Jordan, and Marie have been the top. You know, the top people. Dave's been on three or four times. Once by himself, and every other time he's been with somebody else. Okay. Who have we not had on that we ought to? I think the one with the fresh cut was a good one. Aaron. Oh, well, yeah, with the cigar. Cut. Not it's not fresh cut. Uh, straight cut. Straight cut. Yeah, that was that was a fun that was a really fun one to do too, being on being on their show for that one. And then you were on the Beer Avenger show. And we had Captain. Mm-hmm. We had Captain on. I don't know. I hope um, kind of as we're moving forward, people may want to start reaching out to us if they want to be on the show and mm-hmm. kind of seeing what's what we can moving forward. I think it'd be interesting to get more cooks, cooks involved, restaurant owners mm. onto the show because they can give a perspective of why you may see certain things on, on a restaurant menu or... Mm-hmm. Or not on on particular menus. Who, who do you know that we could reach out to? Please? I don't. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> I mean, well, we used. To, I mean, we know Matt Bell, but he's in he's, Nashville. He's no, yeah, he's moved. He's in Nashville now. Very busy, mm-hmm. doing great things at at that restaurant. Right. But it'd be interesting to do kind of more of that, or even pull in some distributors or people who work for distributors. Right. To talk a little bit about that side of the business as well. So if anybody out there has a connection to those kinds of people, let us know. Help us connect with them. So we've been going for over an hour now. Oh. So let's let's go to best on plate. So we're not doing a we're not doing a blind this week, so we'll do best on plate and then we'll talk about what we're doing next week. Okay, I'll start off best on my plate with the hurricane. Was the rum balls <laughs> lights out? Yeah, the other two pairings were two ball. 
Rise and rise. I think the uh, the best pairing with your hurricane was the black rum. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I I did that last night, and I said to myself, okay, I'm going to do that tomorrow, but if I do, Josh is going to call me Mr. Double again. <laughs> no, so I decided not to. And that was a conscious decision. And then when we started the show and we tasted it, it's like, what is that black rum? <laughs> <laughs> but no, with the food, I agree with you. The rum ball was probably the best. The The spices of the, the jambalaya and the red beans and rice, I mean, were okay. But See, it didn't was, really kind of fit the drink. So I was trying to do, and this is something the listeners can consider, I was trying to do something that, and I never went and looked at Pat O'Brien's menu, but I assumed that they'd have red beans and rice and have jambalaya. I'm sure. I'm sure they did. And so that's kind of what I decided to do, just cause. But, and nothing about this frozen brand. It's one of the top brands out there, but it's just, it's not going to be as good as you cooking it yourself, but cooking it yourself is going to be a four-hour to six-hour situation. Yeah. What about on my plate? Um, man, I'm struggling, Josh. Because macarons are so good. But I'm going to go with a short rib. Because the macarons have that sweetness that matches the wine sweetness. Okay. And it gives me a different flavor, maybe, you know, depending on the different macaron. But the short rib, because of that fat, that fattiness, it just lights out. Well, maybe not lights out, but it it does a really good pairing with the champagne. Yeah, I agree with you. The short ribs are great, but my favorite is this chocolate macaron. See, I haven't tried that. <clears throat> the chocolate macaron with the champagne was really good because you had a really rich, intense chocolatey flavor, and then the fruity and floral that we talked about with the champagne mm. went very, very well. Mmm. Mmm. I might have to change. <laughs> All right, what are we doing next week? So next week is a beer week. We're going back to regularly regularly scheduled programs. Hmm? We have a beer week, and why don't you you tell everybody what we're doing? You know, we keep <laughs> we keep talking about it, and it's that season. You're out there sweating. You're out there mowing the grass. You need something to drink when you walk in. We've said it, I don't know how many times. If we've said it once, we've said it ten times. A lawn mowing beer. All right, so we're doing light style lawn lawn mowing beers. I'm doing the Montucky Cold Stack. It is brand new into the state of Arkansas. Oh, it is in Arkansas? Yeah, I had it at the baseball game. And I have it, I've had a 30 rack in my cooler. Oh, okay. I thought I thought you got it imported from Montana. No, it is just it's just been recently introduced in the state. So I'm doing the Montucky Cold Snack, and what are you doing? Miller Genuine Dry. Okay, MD, MDG. Not going with the high life. Just go with the genuine. Well, I, you know, I could change to that. 
I might do a taste test. <laughs> okay. Get out there and mow the grass and taste it. <laughs> and, then fi- and then figure it out. So we'll be doing those lighter style lawn mowing beers next week. And we have we are so appreciative of you guys being hanging on with us for 100 episodes. As we've mentioned before, we're creeping up on 10,000 downloads. And we would not still be doing this if you guys weren't out there in podcast land enjoying what we're doing. So remember keep telling your friends, keep telling your friends, keep sharing it with people as we're going into this season. Feel free to, you know, do a pairing out there with you. If you want to know some of our suggestions, feel free to reach out to us. Give us a like, follow and a rating on your favorite podcast platform. The ratings really help us to get noticed. If you want us to get noticed, get out there and give us some ratings. We're out there on the socials. Facebook and Instagram. We're still technically on Twitter, but all it is is reposting from from our Instagram. And then every once in a while, we'll be out there on on TikTok. So get if you like what we're doing, give us a like or a follow on those particular platforms. And I can't believe it's been a hundred episodes, and we're creeping up either. on two years now. Creeping up on two years. Yeah. So once again, I'm Josh Mills, and I'm John Mills, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. And goodbye.